It's Monday. It's morning. And it's macabre, baby. Get out your seats. It's Oprah Winfrey. The summer blockbuster you've been waiting for. Monday Morning Macabre is back, guys, with Scones and Darcy. We're here to talk about spooky stuff, but first, we've got big news for you guys. So, <gasps> in the recent weeks, we've been talking about how we're pitching a show to Netflix about uh, comedians and cars getting coffee, uh, but our version. And Phil has just sold the rights to Phil in parenthetically hot cars getting spooky and we just want to congratulate phil phil for what an accomplishment his you're gonna see phil's name up in lights soon my name is lights we have cars no problem phil thank you <laughs> so much for letting us be a part of this journey with you we're so proud of everything that phil has done and we wish him all the best Ugh. uh with just his try not to journey. forget about us phil phil remember the little people Okay. Uh, <laughs> a lot of spit came out right there. Hey, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. You're here. <laughs> We're here. Um, <laughs> shout out to SpaceX, <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was sick. Um, yeah, we got uh, SpaceX, if you're listening. Hey, what's up? Tell Elon to come on the pod, and he'll be like, ha, 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 and we'll have a good time. Um we just, you know, shout out to, to the, to we got some SpaceX listeners apparently, which is like the, if you were like, hey, what's one company that listens to you two dumb dumbs? I'd be like, probably SpaceX. <laughs> so uh, we're hitting our, ta- we're hitting the target Either demographic. SpaceX or Wendy's? I don't know. Scones, what's, what's your favorite color? Just let's, the people want to know. Oh, uh, like a, like a forest green. Forrest Gump is not a color, you idiot. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> oh, I'm a zing. I'm, a, next I'm a shock jock radio host now who just ignores what you say and replaces it with things that I can then make fun of you for. It's a formula that's worked time and time again. It's unfallible, my dear boy. Guys, welcome back. We're here. We're ready to party. We're ready to talk about some spooky stuff. So if you're thinking, when do they talk about Bombas Socks? I want to hear them talk about Squarespace. It's not happening. Sorry. We get we get straight to we get straight to the juicy juicy gooseies. Um Yeah, so if you're looking for HelloFresh, get out now. This yeah, ain't it. We don't have any coupon codes. I'm sorry. There's a way easier way to find coupon codes than to hope on random podcasts that they're there. Although if you go to www.darsonscones.com backslash coupons, you can put in the code um, big popsicle liquors and <laughs> get a twenty percent off. I want to see what comes up. Hold on, <laughs> www. I have a feeling it's going to be a four hundred four probably. Dars.com <laughs> backslash. Oh, that's a forward slash. Hold coupons. On. Yeah. Backslash coupons. How horrific would it be if it was like the f- if it was <laughs> like, like pictures of setup? It was actually it was us. <laughs> pictures of us from the future though, where we're like we're like. Way old, and we're just like, please. <laughs> <laughs> we found a loophole. That'd Y'all be so seen scary. dark? It'd be like dark. Y'all seen dark? Like you said, like way old. Would be fucking way old, man. <laughs> Yo, like way old, bro. Like like twenty nine. Um, <laughs> way old. <laughs> scones today. Uh, I've got. So this isn't necessarily a listener suggestion, but Sir Corny Neck was like, "Hey, you guys should talk about some mobster stuff," and I was like, "Corny." Uh, so likey that um, Patreon member <laughs> Sir Corny Neck and uh, yeah guys sign up for the Patreon it helps us out that'd be cool 
Yeah, um, so I'm bringing a, I'm bringing another mafia story, one that I think our listeners will find pretty cool. Heck I think yeah. you've probably heard of them. Talk but you talk weird might... like Adrian Brody in. Like that. You have a toothpick. Like in uh yeah in in Piggy Blinders. You mean? Yeah. When he's... <laughs> no, the pianist actually is what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he was that mafia boss and the pianist. Like, what do you think the mafia is? <laughs> Yeah, that horrible thing that happened like 70 years back. <laughs> that was the mafia, right? That was the mafia, right? Um, the big cheese. <laughs> so my German uncle from Argentina told me. <laughs> that has some layers to it. Look it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm bringing you guys today, Scones, I'm bringing you the story of Richard Kuklinski, the most prolific hitman in mafia history. Some Sheesh. of you probably know this guy as the Iceman... The and Ice we ain't Man talking Frozone. <laughs> um, Elastigirl, the most prolific hitman in mafia history. Uh, so John Scons- Krasinski. John Krasinski, the most prolific office cast member in mafia history. This isn't all that's interesting article, guys. I don't know if you've heard about this website, but it uh, oh, it's, it's this website. They, this they website? do great work. Yeah, Scones, tell them all about it. Let's get into detail. Tell them about it, Scones. Okay, all that's interesting. <laughs> It's a, a site that, uh, hold on, let me see. Someone's like, how do you access the World Wide Web? Let's see. Oh, that's interesting. I'm trying to find their mission statement. I can't mm. seem to find it. <laughs> uh, okay, come back to me later. <laughs> All right, okay, Cupid. To his family and neighbors, Richard Kuklinski was the all-American man. To the mafia and his victims, he was the devil himself, known as the Iceman Killer. So you guys have probably maybe heard of the Iceman in passing, like at a family Thanksgiving discussion, but I'm going to get into the details here uh, of who the Iceman was and how did he become the most prolific hitman in mafia history. Let's get into it, guys. What were his passions and aspirations prior to this prolific career? He went into art school and then, <laughs> after getting denied, started the mafia. Uh, <laughs> Back in the 20s. <laughs> I've heard of this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you liken yourself to an assassin? An interviewer once asked the Iceman Richard Kuklinski. Assassin? It sounds so exotic. <laughs> the hitman replied with a hint of amusement and a, sm- and a small smile. Then his face <laughs> turned the serious. sauce on his shirt. <laughs> I was just a murderer. <laughs> That's how he sounds in my head, and it makes things funnier and not as sad. Yeah, yeah, yahoo, yahoo. Sounds just like Chris Pratt. (laughs) We're hitting so we're hitting all the spots that you ain't even know is there. You. (laughs) 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 Oh, this is a whiskey. This is a pre-whiskey episode or post-whiskey episode. Um, I can't wait to just hear that just echoing through the halls of SpaceX. <laughs> Elon's like, guys, are you talking? Are you listening to Money More in my car right now? I listen to this on the way to my son, like uh, Kyle XY's high school or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just was an understatement. <laughs> Richard Kuklinski, better known as the Iceman, was convicted of murdering six people. Also, this is a good time to bring this up. I just wanted to hear. Uh, we got a, a one-star review on one of the podcast review sites being like, they're middle schoolers laughing at stuff. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm like, I'm not mad so at I it. So I see you anyway. understand our content. <laughs> so. 
Uh, the, no, have- the, the best one we also got this week was a single comment on a YouTube video of like one of our very <laughs> oh, early yeah. episodes that just said, I like this show. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> Thank you. I said I thanks. Like, That's amazing. Reply. Good for that guy. Richard Kuklinski, better known as the Iceman, was convicted of murdering six people, but he claimed to have killed hundreds, and the prosecutors didn't doubt it. The Making of the Mob's Most Famous Murderer Richard Kuklinski was born on April 11, 1935, in Jersey City, to an aggressive alcoholic father and a stern religious mother, both of whom beat him regularly. I feel like I've seen this movie. Yeah, it's every movie. (laughs) This is is every movie. (laughs) Have you seen Frozen recently? Yikes, it is. <laughs> it's not hold up. Uh, I'm trying to remember that song. Uh, let it go. Let it go. So that's the one. His, father beating, his father's beatings were so rough that they killed Kuklinski's older brother, who authorities were Jesus. told fell down the stairs. Yeah, so obviously this, this man was not brought up in a, uh, in a great place, I'd say. Kuklinski took the violence he received and gave it back to the world. He tortured and killed neighborhood cats and stray dogs. What a poetic way to put that. <laughs> yeah, that is a... Instead of being like, world. he's a fucking maniac. <laughs> <laughs> In the, this guy should write my biography when I die. In the eighth grade, he dropped out of school. And that same year, at the age of 14, he beat the town bully to death. This would be like... It's like one of those like like stories where it's like, oh, he's gonna get the bully back, and you're like, wait, hold on, that's stop, that's <laughs> stop, yeah, that's he's already that. dead. You, yep, exactly. The young misanthrope turned into a giant of a man, growing to be six foot five and oh. weighing almost three hundred pounds. That's a big man. It's a big boy. Then in the 1950s, Richard Kuklinski got involved with the mafia. He ended up indebted to mob soldato Roy DeMio, and when DeMio sent men to beat him into coughing up his cash, Kuklinski's stoic acceptance of the thrashing impressed the hardened mafia man who brought him on as an associate. He's like, you're a real fucking psycho. I like you, kid. That's how, yeah, that's how my uh, software engineering job interview went, too. <laughs> uh, that was, was how just Ultimate tied to Frisbee tryouts looks. <laughs> He became an all-purpose criminal, trafficking illegal pornography, staging robberies, and beating those who the mob felt needed a warning. His knack for handling sticky situations and his ability to constantly pull in cash for the DeMio crew earned him their respect. In time, it brought him to the attention of the Gambino crime family of which DeMio was a member. Kuklinski wasn't a professional killer at the time, only a recreational one, but that was all about to change. Richard Kuklinski goes pro and becomes the Iceman. So the minor league, he was in the minor leagues. The major leagues called, brought him up. Scouts were there. Wicked hot fastball. The scouts were there. Kuklinski's reputation eventually spread to the elite of the organized crime world, particularly the notorious D. Cavalcante family, who hired him for his first major gang fa- uh, killing. He approached his new position with professional zeal, taking on extracurricular killings for research and to satisfy his own craving for murder. So this guy's a maniac. Oh, it, uh, ser- a serial killer with a job, really. Yeah, instead of losing sleep over potentially having to kill someone, he's like, I better get some reps in. Like, that's <laughs> such a wild... All the pros like, do it. It's so crazy. So he's, he's a maniac and a horrible person. In 1954, 
he began to make periodic trips from New New Jersey to New York City, prowling the Upper West Side of Manhattan for victims. Often his targets were people who annoyed him, someone he felt had slighted him in some small way. Other times he killed at random, just for the sake of killing. His methods were as variable as his victim selection. He shot, stabbed, strangled, poisoned, or bludgeoned according to his mood. Which is such a Scorpio thing to do. His weapon selection (laughs) shifted constantly. A decision that prevented the police from suspecting the rash of deaths in the area were the work of one man. He used everything from ice picks and bare knuckles to hand grenades. This he's literally playing Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. In real life. Like (laughs) it's so crazy. Just spawning hand grenades and yeeting them into wherever he would yeet. Yeah. (laughs) Wherever a hand grenade gets yeeted to. Uh trench, perhaps? Bunker? That's a that's a pretty you know that's a yeet- place. I mean it's a yeetable spot. Uh in the if I if I let me just look at the yeetability chart and see here. Yep. Yeah, trenches and, and bunkers are like top of the list. Pretty high up there. So according to a statement Richard Kuklinski once made, a nasal spray bottle filled with cyanide was his favorite. Kuklinski continued to carry out assignments for Demio and the Gambinos and his willingness to murder without hesitation disturbed even his criminal colleagues, who began to refer to himself as the devil himself. (gasps) 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 He had only two rules. No women and no children. Well, look at that. Who's the hero of the story, really? (laughs) Yeah, he's a good guy. I don't know why people were so upset about it. Beyond that, anything was fair game. Note. Jokes. On one occasion, Richard Kuklinski recalled preparing to kill a man who was begging and praying for his life. Kuklinski told the man he could have 30 minutes to pray to God to see if God would come and intervene. But And this is, this is a quote from him. But God never showed up and he never changed the circumstances, and that was that. That's pretty sadistic. Yeah. It wasn't too nice. That's one thing I shouldn't have done that one. I shouldn't have done it that way, <laughs> Kuklinski said. Which I, should, like, I shouldn't have done that one. I should have just handed him a grenade and been on my way. <laughs> Respectfully tossed the grenade into the into the bunker that was that man. <laughs> Give him poison like a professional and get out of there. <laughs> it was the one time it was one of the only times Kuklinski ever expressed remorse for his action. How Richard Kuklinski became a master at avoiding detection. And this is Ooh, actually pretty crazy. Board. Uh, he's got some interesting ways of doing this. I am curious how a six-five, like three hundred pound dude's like three hundred pound guy is not ever found. Yeah, he's just slunking around. So he was particularly clever when it came to avoiding the authorities. He often removed the fingers and teeth of his victims to prevent their identification. He melted bodies in oil drums or left them in the in the back of junkyard cars to be crushed. Sometimes he'd throw them in the Hudson River or dispose of them in mine shafts. His favorite trick was leaving his victims' bodies in industrial freezers, then dumping them months or years later when the police found them, the deceased would appear recently killed, and Kuklinski would never be suspected. Which is a wild way to... That's some savvy shit. Right? I was like, I hate hate what you're doing, but that's like a crazy, interesting method. That's, I guess, why you get the reps. (laughs) Yeah, the technique earned Kuklinski his nickname, the Iceman. At the time... I'm putting it all together now. Yeah, it's going. To, and by you putting it together, you mean you're following along in the story? Yes, yes, good, good. At the time, the police thought it was a homeless. It was homeless people attacking and killing each other. 
which is such a ra- like what? What a lazy assumption. <laughs> right. They didn't suspect that there was a ruthless killer from New Jersey coming into the city to murder at random. Even Kuklinski's family never suspected what was going on. In 1961, he married his wife Barbara. She didn't he, know that by what? the time he married his wife Barbara, he can like operate like yeah, it's pretty nuts in a relationship. Well, I think it's one of those things where it's like you know, in like every mob movie where the wife is like, yeah, he goes and does stuff. What do you need to know? And you're like, okay, <laughs> so like she's like kind of a Billy's business really, is know? Billy's business. Yeah, exactly, that's literally it. Where the kid's like, what does daddy do for a little? You don't have to know what daddy does. Liquidation. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1961, he married his wife, Barbara. She didn't know that by the time they met, the man who doubled as the Iceman killer had allegedly already committed about 65 murders. That's a lot of murders. That's a lot of murders. The pair had three children together, and to their suburban New Jersey neighbors, they dad? were the ideal. Yeah, he's a three-time dad award winner. Um, Sheesh. To to his neighbors, they were the ideal all-American family. They lived in uh, they lived an affluent life. The children attended expensive private schools, and the family hosted barbecues in their backyard by the pool and took trips to Disneyland over the holidays. Kuklinski was an usher every Sunday at mass. When the police finally caught up with him, Barbara had no idea what her husband had done to break the law. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she didn't. She did know, however, that he had a temper. Richard Kuklinski had bad days, and when he was out of sorts, he was abusive. Beating Barbara badly enough to break her nose on one occasion, he always left bruises. Barbara's quoted as saying, I used to call it anger. It was way beyond anger. He was sick, she would later say. Still, she claimed she had, that she never suspected he was a killer. I'll be the first one to say, maybe I was naive, because I never saw him anything like that. My family never did anything like that. Things fall apart for the Iceman Killer. <gasps> for 25 years, Richard Kuklinski kept up the family man facade by thoroughly car- compartmentalizing his life. He didn't tell the criminals he worked. W- he didn't tell the criminals he worked with anything about his personal life, his family, or where he lived. He never socialized outside of work. He stayed away from. <clears throat> he stayed away from drugs and prostitutes, and he never bought what the mob was selling. He was an employee, not a client. But in the 1980s, after 25 years of working as a hitman for the mafia, Kuklinski started, to, started his own crime ring and began to make mistakes. His undoing was Phil Solomine, a local <gasps> mafia man and the closest thing Kuklinski had to a friend. Solomine helped the ATF in a sting operation and presented ATF agent Dominic Polifrone to, to Kuklinski as a prospective client. Polifrone came to Kalinsky with a job, then recorded Kuklinski promising to murder in exchange for money. It was the end of the road for the Iceman. Kuklink. Clink for Kuklinsk. I should be a newspaper editor. <laughs> yeah, that's New York Post right there. Hey, baby. One day in 1986, <clears throat> unmarked cars surrounded Richard and Barbara Kuklinski on their way to breakfast. The cops pointed gun at their heads. Pat Kane, the lead investigator, approached a distraught Barbara in the midst of her confusion and said plainly, he's a murderer. He was charged with five <laughs> murders. The fa- <laughs> He's a, a murderer, yeah. I tell you. The whole thing's in black and white. Yeah. He was charged with five murders the following day and in 1988 was found guilty of four of them. He was later convicted on two more and given consecutive life sentences. 
Detective Pat Kane believed he killed as many as 300 men, saying, quote, he killed as many as 300. No. (laughs) 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 He killed who he wanted, whenever he wanted. After his arrest, Kuklinski wasn't shy. He gave interviews to prosecutors, psychiatrists, reporters, Darcy, and newscasters. Anyone who wanted to talk to him. Darcy, was it you were in the crowd with like the hat with like the little card coming out? I was like, out Mr. Of it? Kuklinski, Mr. Kuklinski, is it true what they say? <laughs> Have, did you commit all those murders? <laughs> He's like, I ain't done nothing. Uh, he participated in two documentaries about his life and spoke candidly about the things he did and why. He claimed to have killed the, not- the notoriously corrupt Jimmy Hoffa, for which he was paid $40,000. Sheesh. In a TV... Sheesh. In a TV interview from prison, he said, I've never felt sorry for anything I've done, other than hurting my family. I do want my family to forgive me. After 25 years in prison, Kuklinski's health started deteriorating. In 2005, he was diagnosed with incurable inflammation of the blood vessels and eventually transferred to the hospital where Barbara would go to see him one last time. In and out of consciousness, in a moment of clarity, Kuklinski asked doctors to revive him if he should flatline. But on her way out, Barbara signed a do-not-resuscitate form a week before he died. Yeah. DNR, baby. A week before he died, they called her to see if if she had changed her mind. She hadn't. (laughs) Richard Kuklinski, the infamous Iceman killer, died on March 5th, 2006. So how old was he? Uh, he's actually immortal. So ooh, no. Um, he. I don't know how old he. Let me. Well, I a quick uh, googly woogly. Kuklinski. He was dum da dum da dum. Sounds like he was fucking old man to put him on DNR. So he was born in thirty five, died in two thousand six. Some quick math: seventy one years old. So, Pretty old. yeah, he was in his 70s when he died, and he murdered a bajillion people, and uh, he was the most prolific hitman in the mafia. So, is the That's, Irishman based off him? Um, I feel Jimmy like Hoffa it's not, and all that. Yeah, Jimmy Hoffa's in it, but like, but I, I, I mean, I think that it's more like Hoo-ah! he was just kind of a play. <laughs> Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! Put those tattoos in the river. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was more just like he's a player in that whole thing, but that was the time period, yes. So the Iceman, I just like, imagine, how do you kill, like, how do you kill more than zero people? I just don't get it. And like, he killed, like go out and it's people. not even like he was getting paid for a lot of them. It sounds like they're not even like. Yeah, he was like <laughs> recreationally murdering people. That's so bananas. He was, an, he was not a B-A-N-A. nice guy. B-A-N-A. N-A-S. So that's, that's Richard Kuklinski, everybody. That's the story. John and, Krasinski, uh, everybody. John, <laughs> guys, we're both giving uh, big, uh, wide-eyed camera looks right now. So envision Emily that. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt, well, how you feel when you're having independent you kill all the people? Emily Blunt, you drive a hot car. Oh, I bet she does drive a hot Even car. Even Phil's Phil. getting it on it, dude. Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt. <laughs> she probably drives a like wicked hot car. She probably drives like a wicked hot like. Mini Coop or something. I don't know. She's English. Something maybe, like that. Maybe he drives a station wagon. Ooh, station wagon. Maybe. Oh, let me Google maybe. Emily. Emily, Emily Blunt's, Blunt's car. Sconesanddarcy.com backslash Emily Blunt's car backslash coupons. And then slurping popsicles or whatever I said was the coupon code. Here we go. On popsugar.com uh, <laughs> slash celebrity. 
Emily Blunt and John Krasinski <laughs> celebrate two years, and she's driving at her car, and it looks to be a Toyota of some sort. Yeah, it's one hot car. <laughs> wow, Phil really likes Toyotas. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect that. You'd think they'd be driving in like a tr- Chrysler Town and Country. I think I always picture the car Guy Fieri drives in the start of <laughs> every celebrity time. drives Guy Fieri's car. Ever he's like, "Welcome back, you <laughs> stupid fucks!" The D D D, and then he just crashes into like a homeless shelter. Can we make um, uh, uh, that style <laughs> but MMM? <laughs> Ooh, Monday mornings in Macabs, and we're just like. Today we're in Philadelphia, where the Liberty Bell murdered a guy. (laughs) And we're going to get to the bottom of it. Guys, comment below if you want to see MMM. We'll get spiked tips, frosted tips. We'll do the whole nine yards like like a flame flame shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. And uh, our son (laughs) will be in there, too. Guy Fieri, reach out. I'll even say Guy Fieri if you want me to be proper. Ooh, I bet he'd appreciate that. He would, I bet. He probably doesn't like that. Um, you don't know, though. <laughs> that I don't. He might be like, ooh, ASMR, kisses. Mm. He might just be like, wahoo. <laughs> this is... Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to another week of Monday Morning Macabre. Uh, keep your peepers and little ear holes <laughs> tuned to our station. If you're a Patreon <laughs> don't subscriber, touch that dial. this is a Patreon week. Uh, also, Spotify is apparently getting rating options, I guess, now. So if you see that, give us five stars. Why not? You know? Yeah, and comment. It helps a ton. And um, tell your friends and visit MM Macabre Pod on Twitter, Monday Morning Macabre on Instagram, and uh, check out the website for merch, Patreon, for all the bonus episodes and content and uh, all that good stuff. And, I mean, beyond that, guys, have yourselves a grand old Monday. A Kiati Mundi. Bye. Bye.